The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed by us are ours and do not reflect those of our employers, co-workers, family, or friends. While we have conversations about various topics, any mentions of drugs, sex, religion, politics, and the like that offends anyone should be considered satire and for entertainment purposes only. And yes, we can get a little toxic. So if you're easily triggered, have unresolved trauma, can't take a joke, or don't enjoy adult conversations, you've been warned. Listener discretion is advised. We hope you enjoy the show. Man, and another fantastic episode lined up, starting off with that disclaimer, man. I'm, I, I think it would probably be like episode 1,000 before <laughs> I get tired of the disclaimer. It just is what fuels me to talk my talk. But anywho, SNM, what it do, boo? How you feeling? What's happening? So, you know what? I'm actually not feeling as well as I normally am. Um, over the past week, I uh, went to a conference and um, I think I got food poisoned. I'm not quite sure. Oh, um, no. Maybe it's a bug that was going around. But there again, it was a training conference full of people who, of course, did not have on masks and so forth. And so that could be it as well. But whatever the case may be, for the past couple of days, it was like the bubble guts. And um, it was pretty kind of disgusting, to be honest. But anyways... <laughs> I do appreciate my son. He sent me some Pepto Bismol via a friend. Wow. <laughs> and so, um, but otherwise, the week is going. I can't wait till whatever the hell is happening is over with so I can continue to move on with my life. Um, being housebound when you don't want to be housebound, it's not a great look for me right now. But, however, enough of that. How was your week? <laughs> no, I mean, well, listen, real quick, I will say it's funny how quickly we got over the pandemic. I started seeing people wear more masks, and I guess it makes sense, but it's just like the pandemic just never happened, right? So, yeah, people are going back to conferences and stuff like that, and I can only imagine, um, you know, how contagious those things can be. Um, and my week was fantastic. You know, there's nothing like using hate to motivate you. You know what I mean? Like sometimes somebody may come into your environment, and they're bringing a certain energy and, uh, you know, you use that energy to motivate you to higher levels. So that was my week. I mean, I was kicking ass. I had like these tasks. I mean, I woke up Monday on one. Okay. I was matter of fact, I might've been on three. Okay. So, I mean, you know, people, when they, when people come sniping for you, you know, you got to batten down the hatches, you know, put on your armor and your gear and get ready to get busy. And that's exactly what your boy did this week. So, and then on top of that, I was like, you know what, instead of playing defense, it's about time to switch up to offense. And so Friday ended up the week and I just shot a little quick scud missile. Like you already know what it is, you know what I'm saying? So yes, uh, my message for anyone out there, there's going to be haters. There's going to be people who are going to come for you and your job or whatever. Use that hate to motivate yourself to take it to the next level. So that's the type of time. That's the type of time I've been on, and I'm going to continue to stay on. And that's word to Cat Williams, you heard? <laughs> Have you ever had to use some hate to, to help motivate you, SNL? Um, so, yes, every day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> every day, B. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, like every day, let me go ahead and grab this hate. Because um, at the end of the day, those haters are technically your soft congratulators. You know what I'm saying? Facts. And so um, they're hating for a reason. And you may not know exactly what it is, but hell yeah, use that to motivate, you know? so That's a big fact, right? And before we start off the show, 
want to remind you all to like, subscribe, follow, share. We're trying to get better with it. You know what I'm saying with this? And so even before we go into the intro and the motivation, we want to remind you all to what, S&M? Like, follow, share, and subscribe. Yeah, all that good shit. So let's get the show started, y'all. Most people are willing to do what it takes to be a part of the mediocre many, but almost nobody's willing to do what it takes to become one of the fantastic few. And if you will decide you're going to be one of the fantastic few in your arena, there's very little competition at the top of the heap. Most of the competition is fighting for the scraps at the bottom of any arena. So if you decide I'm going to spend four to 10 hours preparing for every hour I spend performing, you will be one of the best of the best. But almost nobody's willing to do that. I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to be one of the fantastic few. I know it's going to take more work. I get it. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm doing this. My question for you is, are you going to be one of the fantastic few? Or are you going to live the rest of your life and be one of the mediocre many? All right, and we're back. So first of all, I just want to shout out to this motivational clip. I love our motivational clips. Hopefully you love them as well. And you know, since Nick brought up the whole hate, letting hate motivate you, guess who just let just let hate motivate them? Mm, Meg Stalin, right? She dropped her record hiss. Yeah, I did that extra. But anyways. And so she definitely turned hate into motivation. She took shots at everyone to include the Tory Lane supporters. Sorry to you guys. Uh, Nicki Minaj, you know, with her shout out to the Megan's Law. But we know that's technically not referring to Nicki per se, but is within Nicki Minaj range there. We won't talk about all that stuff there. But more importantly, she responded to the diss track that we talked about in our off season, that party drop when he called her a snake. So guess what? She his back. What are your thoughts on this? So I heard the track. And I mean, if you're into Meg Thee Stallion and her style of rap or whatever, then cool. You know, I, I tip my hat to her in terms of firing back at people who was firing at her. I've never really kind of really been a big Meg Thee Stallion rap fan. I mean, she's a cute girl. I think the songs when she's talking about on, you know, on her you know, city girl type of shit or whatever, cool. But I feel like when she kind of veers out that lane, just doesn't really resonate for me, especially when we're talking about like battle rap. Maybe it's just like her cadence or whatever. I'm just not a big fan of it as it relates to like this type of song. But listen, kudos to her. You know what I mean? She got a different situation. She got to shoot back. You know, she's obviously gearing up for a rollout. So I'm sure like her last song, Cobra and now his, I am seeing a theme here. Okay. But listen, she's a young girl trying to figure things out. Um, obviously Nick Nikki clapped back a little bit too, or is working mm-hmm, on a clap mm-hmm. back. She had mentioned something about a one leg situation. Nikki is crazy. But I feel like when you talk about battle rapping, for example, Nikki is more of a battle rapper. Like, I feel like I'm looking forward to really hearing how she shoots back. And uh, who knows if Party's going to say anything. But hey, listen, Meg, do your thing. Um, but I feel like sometimes it's important to stay in your lane <laughs> or doing what works for you. And I guess it's working for some. I just don't know that it's working for me. Hmm. So in general, I don't necessarily like some of Meg Stalin stuff. I actually feel like her songs all have a similar cadence. Um, however, I did enjoy this little clap back just because it was her saying, you know what? Effort to the haters. Let me just come out and shots fired. So I guess Kat set the year off with the shots fired and that's what's going to happen. So I'm going to look forward. got my popcorn ready because she dissed a whole lot of people on that track. So I'm looking forward to the shots being fired, I guess. 
Yes. And you know who wasn't looking forward to shots being fired? Uh, Country Wayne, right? So he was recently sat down with Shay Shay, or excuse me, Shannon Sharp on Club Shay Shay. And one of the things that kind of stuck out to me was him mentioning his relationship with Jess Hilarious. Obviously, Jess Hilarious has kind of been in the news recently. She announced that she got the job as it relates to The Breakfast Club and not sure if that's the case. But I guess he felt like after their breakup, which was years and years ago, right, she kept his name in her mouth, right? And he felt like, yo, shorty, I took care of you. I held you down i did yada 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 and maybe he felt like she wasn't truly or accurately depicting how their relationship went but he was like yo i'm good you good right it just kind of feels like maybe your career isn't where it needs to be if you got to still bring up country wayne in the beginning of the interview homeboy was talking his shit he said yo you know what i'm saying when i do interviews your name don't come up until mm-hmm. like the second or third hour low key is what he was saying so i mean <laughs> what are your thoughts on exes you know keeping their exes name in their mouths and in this particular case just hilarious and uh, Country Wayne. So technically, I think he had a valid point because um, first of all, first I'm going to give a shout out to Club Shay Shay because um, every time I look up, it's Club Shay Shay now. And so shout out to Club Shay Shay for that. Doing big team. Um, exactly. You know, I think they're going to take over <laughs> for the nine, next for nine this, okay, <laughs> for 2024 podcast of the year. We're going to see though. So I'm going to stay tuned. But, you know, I'm just going to say, Jess, I understand, right? I understand because you want to use somebody who you know who's actually technically probably elevated um, platform for your platform because at the end of the day, y'all still had a relationship and he still is an ex. He's still your past. And if they're asking you the question specifically about him, then yes, you should answer those questions. Now, if you just bring them out random like and it's disparaging or whatever the case may be, then you might want to take a look and figure out if you need to get better jokes or. But either way it goes, country saying, please move on, move on. Yeah, and I definitely agree. And we and actually, that's all that needs to be said. We can move on from this. <laughs> I love that. So moving on then. Um, so Tia Kemp, last week we talked about baby mama drama. And so it's really fascinating because. Um, Tia Kemp was all up in her feelings about um, the Rick Ross and Christina McKay situation. And now she out here um, um, technically firing shots, too. But we're not going to say exactly what them shots were. Uh, But one of them, though, (laughs) was Keisha. (laughs) I'm sorry, I shouldn't even laugh. But okay, so Keisha Kior, she basically denies the claims that she was involved with Rick Ross while Gucci was in jail. Now, I don't know if it's true or not, but what Rick Ross did, he said, keep my name out your mouth because he sent her a cease and desist, arguing that the statements that she's been making are disturbing and defamatory. So how can one on one hand, she's yelling baby mama drama like, hey, keep my name out your mouth when she got everybody else name in her mouth, too. So what are your thoughts? Yes, it's hella messy, you know, hella messy. I mean, Keisha Kayora is out there living her best life, right? Gucci Mane, they seem to be very happy. He talks a lot about how she held him down. Shout out to all the ladies out there holding down brothers, you know, during tough times like her and one of the stories we'll talk about later. So, I mean, I don't understand why she had to catch this stray or be involved in this little messy situation because Shorty's in her feelings because Rick Ross was prancing around town with a new boo. 
boo. And and this is what I was saying last week, right? Sometimes you can have stuff that happens that you didn't intend to happen, but because, you know, I'm bringing it back to Christy, Christina Mackey or whatever, right? Like, yo, sis, right? This is what happens, right? You done stirred up the nest. Shorty was just maybe mm-hmm. chilling docile, right? And then all of a sudden, now you done stirred her up and she's shooting everybody, causing unnecessary drama. You dig what I'm saying? So I'm going to go back to what I said before. If you are a woman who wants to be with a certain type of man, if you are a woman that's been with a certain type of man, if he's taking care of what needs to fucking taken care of, chill your ass the fuck out and stop causing unnecessary drama and shit. And so now, next time Rosé sees Gucci Mane, you know, they may have to have a conversation for what, right? Even if it's true, bitch, it's not even your issue. You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit is messy. Stop it, okay? For what, attention? You want to be on somebody's reality show? You auditioning for Zeus? Come on, man. We got to stop this shit, yo. We got to keep it moving. <laughs> Any additional thoughts on that? Because this is crazy. So, uh, technically, I think it's because she's trying to drop a tell-it-all book as well. And so, I think she's trying to drama up that publicity now because, you know, good publicity, bad publicity is still publicity. And so, um, I think it's for that tell-all book that she claims that she has in the works. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's going to buy it. Anybody can do a book. But if your claim to fame is simply just being Rick Ross's baby mama. But let me move on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, in the world of comedy, it doesn't get that much bigger than Dave Chappelle. And of course, you know, Dave Chappelle just dropped a special. But prior to dropping his special, something else cataclysmic, see what I did there, cataclysmic, went on earlier at the top of the mm-hmm. year. And that was Cat Williams on Club Shay Shay, right? So, of course, Dave Chappelle's um, special dropped. And it kind of dropped with a little bit of, um, you know, a little thud. You know what I mean? I I think part of it was because he might have been overshadowed by Cat Williams. And apparently some people believe that's what motivated Dave Chappelle to comment on Cat Williams. I think one of the things he said is that, you know, uh, Cat is a great artist or he paints great pictures. But why did he have to paint such an ugly picture? And maybe talked about a little bit of how maybe Cat should have handled things, especially in juxtaposition to how he handled things. So what are your thoughts on Dave Moon? Fucking Chappelle and his comments on Cat Williams. Was that hate? Uh hell yeah, that was hate. Um and <laughs> but look, look, let me let me say it this way. Yes, it was hate. And at the end of the day, Cat handled it the way he wanted to handle it. Just like Dave handled it the way he wanted to handle it. So who is he to tell somebody else how to handle it if they handle it in their different ways, right? And I also think that while, because one of his comments was like he basically painted black um, comedians in a bad light. And I was like, but the truth hurts. Is this the truth? Like, did he lie? And because no one's really coming out saying that these things didn't happen, these things didn't transpire. And so if it's the truth, how can you paint the truth in a bad light? No, that's a big fact. That's a big fact. And I mean, I feel like, I don't know, it's weird because I don't normally see Dave responding to what's happening necessarily. I mean, obviously he does sometimes, especially like with the whole Chris Rock thing. He did speak on that as part of his commentary. And maybe he was trying out new bits, right? Obviously what Cat did was huge. It was major. It's almost like as a comedian, how do you not talk about it? Especially if you're on a comedy stage, which I believe is where he was. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this is one of the reasons why they want to confiscate your phones because they don't even want the material to get out there before it's finished. Um, but nonetheless, though, I do think there's some validity in what he said, but I heard called support hate somewhere where it's like yeah they will pretend to support you but there's some hate behind the motivation of said support so i absolutely think there's a little bit of hate there in terms of because like i said the timing was crazy and cat just kind of took over the entire comedy conversation for a while there and and if we're being honest i saw the dave chappelle special 
and it wasn't that special, right? Um, I think that was a lot of the commentary. People felt like he kept using kind of older materials and it just wasn't, you know, peak Dave Chappelle. So maybe this is a way to kind of distract us from that. But listen, we love both Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. and Cat mm-hmm. Williams. Both of those guys are legends. And I think it is worth having a conversation. You dig what I'm saying? So kudos to them for that. But let's get into the main conversation, right? You know, of course, we talked about it earlier. Gilly the Kid actually did an interview. I believe he was on with um, Cameron Newton. Everybody has a podcast, including us. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow. But um, he was on there with Cam Newton. I want to play this clip real quickly, and we'll talk about it on the other side. For me, my wife been through everything with me. My wife went to jail with me. You know mm. what I mean? When I got locked up with the weed, my wife went to jail with me. My wife sat in jail for 10 days. You feel what I'm saying? So and wrote me a letter from one from her jail to my jail and told me don't be stressing it we gonna be all right if we gotta do if i gotta do two years i could do that you know what i'm saying so for me my wife ain't never said she was a bad bitch. Mm. i ain't never heard my wife don't even speak like that and and the reality of it is not just in my eyes and people eyes. My wife is one of the most beautiful women that ever walked the planet yes, Earth. My Jeez. wife, my wife, always had modeling opportunities mm-hmm. for big companies and never even wanted to do it. That never even. Right, right, right. I don't have no passion to be. Right. She w- never was craving for the attention. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, no, I don't really. That's yeah. not my thing. See, what I loved about what Gilly had to say, him and his beautiful wife had been married for quite some time. And what he was highlighting was one of the reasons why he really appreciates his wife, right? And the reason why this resonates with me is because we were talking about even going back to the whole Tia Kemp story, the whole Christina Mackey story, like women who are with men who may be famous or the grinders or whatever, like she stayed low, Right. She didn't want that attention. Right. Honestly, I think he's the reason why we even know about her necessarily. But he was saying like, yo, she's a beautiful girl. She had all these opportunities, but she wasn't on that type of time. She wanted to play the back, maybe be a mom, hold a family down, things like that. Even when the brother went to jail, Shorty was doing a little bit of time. and was like, yo, I got you. So when we say down ass, you know, ride or die, this is what we're talking about. Right. So what do you think about Gilly? how he describes his relationship with his wife and how she held him down, or even just the overall idea of the level of commitment that maybe some men expect from their significant others. So uh, let me just go ahead and just do a little backdrop. So from my understanding, it was a drug-related charge. and But here's the thing. You do know how many women are sitting in jail for holding the, the bag and for conspiracy distributing and so forth, and that shit didn't work out? So I should give kudos <laughs> to Gilly the Kid because he came back and he appreciated his wife, his girlfriend at the time, whatever's clever, or his wife at the time, um, for holding it down, for being that ride or die chick. But for a lot of times, these women are still sitting in prison, not being taken care of, because if the man is free, he done moved on to the next chick. And you know where she is? She She's also the next chick, but just not the way she wanted to be. And... <laughs> wow. <laughs> And she ain't got nothing to show for it. So they said that a lot of times when these when it comes to conspiracy drug related type charges and so forth, that these women literally don't have any visitors because even their kids can't make it to see them or they do. It's probably a friend or something like that. But their man is ghost. So once again, I appreciate the fact that she was right or die. She held it down. And he basically was like, yo, she got my back. I'm going to wife her up. She's going to be my wife. This is my wife. And they've been gathered for, I guess, what, 25 years? And that is beautiful. 
I love the fact that they've been together for 25 years. I'm just going to say this, though. Some women in this day and age, they tire of the struggle of. And I say this for them because I and my husband, we were part of that struggle love where we came up together, you know, and so I understand struggle love. But today, some of these women out here like, no, we tired of the struggle love. We want the soft life from the back. Come to us when you're done with your struggle. But for real though, let's be honest, while some women say that, the majority of women, particularly black women, tend to be ride or die regardless. That's why you got pookies and ray races, they call them, sitting in the couch or sitting on the couch playing video games, the wife out working or the girlfriend out working. (laughs) Let me stop. (laughs) Anyways, so that's my, so ultimately... I appreciate the fact that they've been married for 25 years. I celebrate that type of love. I'm happy that it worked out for them and I support it. And the fact that she was low key, didn't really need attention. I think she's a makeup artist and also an actress and she stayed in her lane and played her role. So kudos to that. Kudos to them. I don't know if you're being toxic or toxic this morning or if you would like to see the toxic or toxic part of me here. And by the way, we're coining that phrase here. Um, <clears throat> but how, is it a hers thing? Like, did we wake up on the hate train this morning? <laughs> like, We started off talking about Gilly, you know, the kid and celebrate, or at least I thought in celebrating their, their marriage and how she held them down. It became an indictment on how women end up holding the bag, et cetera, et cetera. Again, this was in context, right? To Tia Kemp, sure. right? And Ricky Rose, right? Rose supposedly is not still dealing drugs, right? But Christina's still acting a fool out here in these streets, right? So that was the juxtaposition that I was on. But then it's like, there's a lot of women out there who's listen man hey okay you keep your hate to yourself okay was it hey i, I mean, congratulated them i mean I wasn't no 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 well okay okay i'm trip. i'm 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 just joking because i think what you just did was you extrapolated right which like to do which we like to do a lot of times when it comes to these like celebrity topics in terms of how it might affect the broader community right so um, if we're talking about you went straight to the drugs part and that's cool, right? But you also skipped over the part about well, maybe you said it later on, but it was all about the drugs. I mean, yeah, they were young, right? <laughs> but Gilly's been a rapper, he's been legal for a very long time and building mm-hmm. a career. There were times where his career did not pop off and Shorty was still holding him down in those times, right? So yes, the, the prison part was maybe the low part to talk about in the story, but it's less, you know, there's a lot more to that story, right? So number mm-hmm. one, like I said before he became Gilly that we know through podcasting he was um he wanted to be a rapper the rap career did not take off quite how he wanted it to he had to reinvent himself right so it wasn't like Gilly's always been popping financially he's probably always kind of been up and down and for Shorty to hold it down with him we have to applaud that you want to paint the picture about struggle love but there's a lot of women who are not getting any type of love whatsoever struggle or the other kind right and part of it I think is perception right because most folks if you are already in a struggle situation would you expect Prince Charming to come and swoop you up right or if you're a woman who's doing well for herself the likelihood is that you're not going to be in proximity to a bunch of people who are struggling right when we think about the places that people find each other right whether it's work or in proximity right so a lot of times people are connecting with people at their own level so when women are talking about oh i don't want struggle love well you're probably in struggle love because you were struggling before you found that love in the first place Right. I wouldn't advocate a woman who is doing well to go out there and get the pokies and the ray rays who's just going to leash off of them. That doesn't make
make any sense. But a lot of these women Tyler Perry are dealing did. with men. Excuse me? Tyler Perry did when he said he could pay what? the light bill. When he said he could pay the light bill. Tyler Perry was talking whatever he was talking, right? Tyler Perry, I'm not even going to go into that, right? And again, that's not even pertinent to the conversation, right? The point is, is that, I mean, I see what you're trying to do with the throwing me off, but it really throws me off when we kind of automatically go down these, like, these tropes, right? The fact of the matter is when Gilly was with her, she was probably at his level, right? Most people are dating at their level, right? So what I'm saying is for people who are complaining about struggle love, it's because they probably were struggling to begin with, right? So if both of y'all are struggling, instead of having the perception of what I got to do with struggle love because of him, no, boo, 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 you were dealing with struggle love because you were already struggling. So maybe if you, t- if you turn your mindset to say, okay, you know what, together, maybe we can put our coins together, right? Because we're talking about being pro-marriage and pro-relationships, you know, pro uh, co- uh, relationships, right? So for two people who are struggling, it makes sense for them to come together to get out of struggle. Right. That's actually how a lot of us got out of struggle to a certain extent. Right. Putting our coins together and being able to build within our relationship. So that's why it kind of threw me off that we went to the whole struggle love side, because to me, it's a farce. It's one of those conversations. The same way I got smoked for some of these Internet trolls who are talking, they talk or whatever about black women and, you know, and this and that. I also have a problem with black women making the same like they're that above niggas to where, like I said, if y'all are struggling, it's because you're struggling, too. Okay, so thank you for waking up that demon, right? So we can ha- continue to have a good podcast. But back to Bill, to, to Gillian Company, okay? This is toxic, Gillian by the way. Company. This is not toxic, you know what I'm saying? But I think kudos to Gilly. I think even more importantly, kudos to her because the part that I also wanted to highlight was the fact that she stayed low. Like, we live in a day and age where everybody want to be on social media. Everybody want to be outside, right? So a beautiful woman who recognized that, yeah, I'm beautiful, but that doesn't mean I have to put myself out there for the consumption of the masses, whether it's ash or you know certain types of pictures or posting she has every right to decide if she wanted to do modeling or whatever but she chose to stay low and what i really want to emphasize is that i think a lot more men than women realize men of a certain stature certain position or certain whatever they want women like that women who are just going to play the cut like lay low do their thing hey have a career be a great mom be a great wife but at the same time like we both don't need to be out here competing for likes on instagram so kudos to gilly and kudos to his wife but i mean that's what i got on it unless you want to keep this party going because I, I see i'm gonna have to start shooting out here in today's episode you done got me hot on topic main topic one already <laughs> with the struggle love bullshit <laughs> this is crazy so like i said as somebody who actually experienced struggle love because that's where i was at that time as well my husband and I both and we've been together we're about to hit our 25 years as well which is why I like shout out to the 25 years and so but I know based on what we see on the internet that folks are saying that and you're saying that that struggle love is a trope that may be where they are that may be um, the case but like I said also for the most part black women in particular tend to be ride or die regardless so I mean that used to be the case, but it doesn't sound like that's the case now. As much as y'all complaining about building with a nigga, but go ahead, man. We can move on to the next. <laughs> I don't topic. think they're complaining about building. They are complaining with a nigga. They are <laughs> complaining. They're complaining. They're complaining about building up a nigga, okay, and then okay. he leaves. Okay, that's that's, that's what man. they're complaining about. So you want to do this? Up. Let's do this. Let's let's dance a little bit more on this, right? Why is it that it's okay? You agree with me that there's a bunch of men on the internet who are saying certain things that may not be commiserate with reality, right? Do you agree with me on that? Right. Guys who are using these one off stories to exaggerate certain situations because it speaks to like their insecurities and fears. Right. For the most part. Right. So I'm willing to call that out. Right. But why is it that we can't believe there's a bunch of women out here who are doing the exact same thing? 
Like how many women do you know? You talked about it from your experience, right? And you had the right mindset in a sense of we both were struggling because we both were in the same part, you know, areas of our lives. We came together and we built. And I mean, let's be honest, people, what people make seem struggle, it's like, oh, you can't have a Birkin bag or you can't take trips every year. That's struggling, right? Most people who are like either middle class or aspiring middle class who are at least halfway financial with their, with their um, you know, responsible with their outcome, their income aren't necessarily struggling. They may not be living luxuriously, but it's not necessarily struggling. So I think people exaggerate this whole idea of struggle love because you can't live the soft life, right? That's number one. And number two, like, so my point is, why is it that you can't see how there are women doing the exact same thing on the internet, disparaging black men to make it seem as if they're lesser than? Why can't you see that? So I don't necessarily think that, um, okay, so let me separate this into two points. The first point, I do see that black men are disparaged by black women. That's why we have this podcast, because we want to heal that divide between the black men and the black women. I do see that. Now, when it comes to the struggle of, if you're asking me, do I see that they're thinking they're better than or above them? I will say that there's a voice on the Internet that seems to get, as you know how they say, the squeaky wheel get the grease, that seems to draw a lot of attention. But I don't know if I was interpreting that as they were seeing them as lesser than, but I could understand the whole, <laughs> look at your face. Your face was like, cause you're dancing, <laughs> you tap dancing. It's a straightforward question, right? Like you're trying to parse it out, but it's a straightforward question. Like, are there women out there doing the same thing that we well, blame yes. the men out here that's doing, why we right? have Yes, that's why we have the podcast, that there are women out there who are disparaging black men unnecessarily. We saw that with Brickgate, or, well, I'm calling it Brickgate, but it was Brick Lady. But anyways, right. we saw that with Brickgate. So, yes, there are people out there who are exaggerating, and there are people out there who's posing for the gram as part of that exaggeration. Well, let me ask you this, though, right? So, do you think if a woman is, let's say, making 40000 and she meets a man who's making 40000 that she she should be able to say, oh, this man has me in struggle love. Well, so I don't know if that's how they're, they're putting it's a simple that struggle question. love. It's a real simple question. Well, I don't think question. that's struggle love. If he, she's making right. 40 and you don't he's making think, 40, I don't think that's You don't that's struggle think that's struggle love, right? And that's, what, and that's the point of what I'm saying and also relating it to people thinking they're better than, right? If two people are making the same amount of money, if a woman comes out her mouth says, I don't want to get married because guys, he going to have me in struggle love, but y'all make the same amount of money, right? So the only way that you can kind of, you know, quantify your ability as a woman to say that is if you think you're better than or deserve more than, right? But y'all are both at the same place. Like make it make sense to me to how a person who's making 40 doesn't see the logic in getting with someone else who maybe makes 40 and now they have 80 and it's not necessarily the same struggle. So I don't, like I said, I don't see that as struggle love. I think that they're in the same place because I'm a firm believer of dating within your tax bracket, you know? And so... <laughs> but you know you messed up, right? <laughs> because I just said I'm a firm believer right? in text. <laughs> okay. You know you messed up, dating right? your tax bracket. I'm just saying, I don't see that as struggle love. But for some people, that perception may exist for them. If they're making 60 and he's making 40, then they may say well, that's bringing them struggle love versus seeing the 100,000 that could come from that. And so, I agree. but that's there. That's why I said there are some. I didn't say all. I said there are some women. Okay. So, so when you were going through your struggle love, why did you call it struggle love then? Oh, because we were struggling. <laughs> okay, but but were y'all were y'all making around the same amount of money? We were. Well, you know what? To be honest, mm -hmm. let me think. 
we were both in college. So yeah, we weren't making hardly anything. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Okay. And so the here's what made it struggle love to me though. Okay. It wasn't the fact that we weren't making money. It was the fact that we the position that we were in. So for example, um at one point we didn't have housing, right? Okay. And so now you could say that's because you didn't have the money. Hence, that's why you didn't have housing. So it was the ramifications of not having the money, I guess, would be is why I was like the trappings yeah, of it showed up as struggling. You know, we had it was it was actually crazy. I have some crazy stories about when we first got together and so and how we came together. So, like I said, hold on, for hold on. us yeah. and he even hmm? was, this, was this before or after y'all got buried? So this was technically. Before and slightly after, right? And so, yeah. um, so before, because I'm a big fan, I think we should, as women, help build because that's what Black women have done throughout history. We've helped, we've built together, right? That's what we do. And so, um, but yeah, so before we had a lot of struggling. After we got married, we had made some, um, we took some steps, right, to ensure that what we experienced as boyfriend, girlfriend, we didn't experience this marriage, right? We didn't experience after we got married. So, um, for example, I joined the military, right? And he went ahead and he signed up for the police department to become a police officer, right? Because that was part of our progression. So when I think of when these women who are talking about struggle love, they tend to be in their 30s and 40s and they're looking at men who may not have accomplished as much as they've accomplished or they're looking at, they tend to also be in a point in their life where they're like, hey, if I can provide this for me, then at the minimum, you should be able to provide this as well. And so they're viewing that as struggle love. So, okay, I'll I'll buy that for a dollar because I think there's different people singing in the chorus, right? There are women who are at a certain level and they're talking about guys at their same level. Let's be honest about that, right? Because it's not all women who are making all this money and all they can find are guys who are making less than them because the statistics say that a lot of y'all ain't making that kind of money. So let's let's stop the cap for a second, right? So statistically speaking, a lot of y'all ain't making that kind of money, right? Let's just be honest. It's not like, oh, you walking around here making a buck fifty and all oh, my guys that I can see around me are making like forty thousand. This is crazy. A majority of y'all are making sixty, seventy, eighty, and most of the people that's around you is around sixty, seventy, or eighty. Okay, let's stop the cap. That's number one. Number two. Okay, I get the college experience. Most of us struggled in college, but we also struggled by ourselves, right? And it still speaks to the fact that you guys were on the same level. And I think Mm -hmm. it makes sense for two people who are struggling to come together, devise a plan, which is what y'all did, which is what a majority of people do, especially early on. Now, if you're some of these 30 to 40-year-old women who are now looking back on their life's choices, it is easy to scapegoat people in regards to why you currently cannot find love. Okay, because there's a lot of logical reasons for most of y'all who are making, let's say, a hundred or less to connect with somebody, right? Because it still makes logical sense if you found a man, let's say you're making a hundred thousand, he's making sixty. Now your household has a hundred and sixty thousand to work from, right? Not to mention how many of these women are single mothers, for example, right? Because kids cost. There's a responsibility. We talk about how we want to have two parent households, right? So there's different things that you can't, everything is not going to be perfect, 
right? I'm not saying every man is going to work for you, right? But I think this idea of just because a man makes X that it's got to be struggle love is ridiculous. Can that man take care of himself, right? Does he pay his bills, has his own home, takes care of his transportation? If he has any kids, does he take care of them, right? Because if y'all combined those resources, you still would be in a better position than you were at home alone, So like, again, I think it's all about perspective, right? And then what are we quantifying struggle as? If we're strictly just talking about financially, I 1000% get that. And the last thing I'll say is there's also a lot of women out there who are making good money and they are still struggling because they're consumer oriented, right? How many of y'all women out there who claim to got the Birkin bag has the bag when it comes to savings, right? Or a portfolio, right? We got to stop the cap, y'all. Some of y'all need a dude in your life just to choke off your spending habits, to cut those credit cards, you know what I'm saying? To, to slow you down. financial literacy. But yet, you want to sit there and try to judge somebody strictly because, and that, do you know that there are some people that probably make less money than people who make more money than them, but they have more assets than them, right? Sure do, financial literacy. Period. That's why when I hear women talk about equate this concept of struggle love, I get that you don't want to go back to your early 20s. You shouldn't have to. You should have grown and learned from that, right? Mm -hmm. But just because a man may make a little less than you does not equate struggle love, right? And the truth of the matter is most of y'all are struggling anyway, whether it's relationships or finances, (laughs) you know, savings, (laughs) (laughs) self-esteem, You're struggling and all by that's yourself. That's why they boo-boo. want that Prince Charming. <laughs> you might as well get some love to go with your struggle, baby. You already did. <laughs> so the home, struggling by yourself or struggling in a home. So, anyways, uh, so we actually have a clip for uh Candace Owens um slams Ariana Grande for being a homewrecker and so it turns out if you don't want to struggle alone you can struggle together but still have a homewrecker can we play that clip I've been fascinated by hoes and chief among them right now is Ariana Grande we covered what she's been up to she has been proud of being a homewrecker. I actually think that she suffers from some random hoe disorder where she actually likes it when a man is taken. She's like, mm, I like that. I want to just, mm, I need that. Like she's just turned on by it in a weird way. She didn't care that he was ugly, nothing. She just said, I want to break up this family. All right. So first of all, this was hilarious to me. I don't know if you was just as entertained as I was entertained because did uh, Candace just call her the hoe of the week, um, uh, a.k.a. the chief hoe? And Holes are your so, friends. Hoes are your enemies. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, man. So basically, she calls out uh, Ariana Grande for hooking up with Ethan Slater, um, who was apparently married to Lily J. And I guess what happened was they're now in the process of getting a divorce. Um, But shouldn't Ethan be just as fault at fault as Ariana? And why do we always blame the woman in the situation unless she was the aggressor? Was she the aggressor? And the last thing I would say is I also like the phrase. Random hoe syndrome. Do we have a lot of random hoe syndrome in the world today? I mean, you know, this, you know, this is one of those moments where ladies, we got to keep it a buck. I don't know that men were the ones who came up with the phrase homewrecker. 
I don't recall that. Nor do I recall that men are even the ones who use that phrase. Like, I, I don't recall a guy coming in, sleeping with the dude's wife or whatever, and the dude's like, oh my God, he is such a home record. We don't, we don't use that language. We don't, that's not something that we came up with, right? Now, let's dissect this concept of home wrecker, shall we? Right? It assumes that someone has the ability to wreck the home. Now, before the ladies out there talk about, because I know what y'all going to say, oh my God, you know, you can't wreck your home if your home is solid, right? Y'all will say that on the one side of your mouth, like, there's no way if he really, you know, he must have always wanted to cheat. You know what I'm saying? It must be his character. You know what I mean? There's no way, like, a woman can't come and wreck your home if your home is really solid, right? But then let your man tell you that he slept with Ariana Grande. <laughs> Let your man tell you that he slept with me along. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that fucking home wrecker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That'll be the type of time that most women can will be on, right? And why do we say this? Okay. Ariana Grande is a cute girl. She's famous. She has a lot of bread. We don't know, like, you know, he's at his job. Right. We also know that when it comes to like sexual assault or things like, you know, a, a sexual harassment, the workplace, men aren't really going to get the same respect. We don't believe him like we're supposed to believe her. That dude would probably just come into work every day doing his job. And here goes that floozy. Right. Ariana Grande shaking her little Ariana Grande's ass in front of him every single day. That brother probably held on for dear life. Right? Until he can no longer hold on. I think we got to cut the brother some slack. And yes, put the blame on the woman who has the more money, the more Grammys, the more sex appeal, who's in proximity. What do you think would have happened if that brother went to Warner Brothers or whoever did the movie and was like, hey man, Ariana Grande is pushing up on me. Nobody would believe him. Even if he went back to his wife, he was like, hey babe, you know. You would not believe what happened to me at work. <laughs> you know, like, Ariana Grande is hitting on me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She wouldn't believe him, okay? So if Ariana Grande did that shit, she deserves all of the blame. And shout out to Candace Owens. I got to take a moment. I don't really rock with her most of the time. You know, her politics and all that. But she was spot on on this one. There may very well be a hopocalypse among us or upon us, right? You know, the city girl culture out here, you know, I mean, and this, and come to find out, she got a song saying yes and what? Yes. Wow. <laughs> She's not even like trying to hide it. She's being super flagrant, but the most insidious part of this, and I'll, and I'll land here, that there's going to be little girls our children listening to this type of music and thinking that this behavior is okay. And it absolutely is not. We, I believe our children are the future. We have to lead them well and you know, let them lead the way. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Oh, you Grande is not doing that. And shout out for Candace for calling that bullshit out. You got it. Already, though, thank you for that performance, um, similar to the performance that Ariana Grande apparently put on Ethan Slater, according to folks who said she was the aggressor in the situation. So I guess I'm going to go kudos to you, sir. Kudos to thank you, you, sir. Uh, I want to thank God. I want to thank my wife for holding me down. And so uh, I would just say this. I, I thought the commentary was hilarious. Uh, I normally don't rock with Candace like that. But, you know, a broken clock is twice. You know, it's right twice a day. So... 
<laughs> and so why she does have some valid points on some other things. This was, I, I don't know. Uh, like I said, I don't know if uh, Ariana Grande was their aggressor, but I do understand the viewpoint of where basically it was temptation. And if temptation is putting you in your face constantly, then and if he decides to give in to temptation, you know, then it is what it is. But I think the part that I really want to pick on is the fact that she had the song out that basically said, yes, and like, um, basically, so what? So what? I'm coming in wrecking families. So what? I'm writing this dude's, you know, what? So what? So what? Is basically what she was saying. And I do think that there has been basically a moral decline, a moral de- decay, so to speak, in our society. I don't know exactly what ushered it in. <laughs> um. I think there's multiple points that we can probably point to where it just became acceptable to basically lack consideration for others. And and I think COVID made that even more pronounced, the whole lack of consideration for others and that whole division. And so I'm just going to say this random host syndrome, though, I hope it don't come to a stage near you, stage near me for show. So because <laughs> we're going to have problems. <laughs> <clears throat> no, it's, I mean, listen, it's it's crazy. Um, but like I, got, like I said, bro, like you said, actually, a broken clock is right twice, right? So kudos to Candace for calling it out. And we just got to do better, y'all. But speaking of hoes, <laughs> and no, I'm not call, calling Common a hoe, right? But it's well. done, right? So this week, right, Common was on Jennifer Hudson's show, right? We'll play a little quick clip of that interaction and come back on the other side. Now, we got to get down to business, Mr. Cummins. Mm-hmm. I'm a host, and so I have to ask you this question, because everybody always want to know this. Are you dating anyone? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, and I'm in a relationship that is one of the most beautiful people I ever met in life. And she's, she's smart. She loves God. She has something real down to earth about her. Um, she's talented. But, but I, set, I set my standard kind of high because she had to have an E-God. She, 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 she had to win an Oscar on her first movie. I set my standard high. She had to get her own talk show. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. <laughs> So, yeah, like I said before, or like he said, basically, right, Common and Jennifer Hudson are dating, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Kudos to them. You know, it was a sweet interaction. It went viral a little bit, right? I think he was on The View. They kind of mentioned it. It was really, really cute. So, shout out to them. But it got me to start thinking, okay? Because, so Common has been in a relationship with, let's let's count the ways here, uh, Jennifer Hudson, Angela Rye, Serena Williams, who else am I missing? Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany Haddish. Mm-hmm. Um, there's somebody that's, you know, that I'm missing off the top of my, I said Serena, right? Serena, mm-hmm. did I say Serena? Serena, that Serena Williams, did I say that one? Okay. And so my point is, when you look at all of these women who I'm sure are amazing, accomplished, attractive women, but the brother hasn't settled down yet, though. Right? Oftentimes, you know, and I'm trying to be fair here because- We'll talk about women of a certain age, right? And I do understand the double standards. But the thing that gets me about Common, though, and this is me not really hating, but I wanted to ask you if you think about this, too, like from a woman's perspective. He comes across like a great catch. Oh, Erica Badu. That's mm-hmm. the one that, I mean, Erica, mm, Erica Badu. That Erica Badu. Okay, system, right? So anyways, so, you know, 
he seems like the type of guy who'd want to be in a relationship. Seems like a really great guy. He gives that persona off. But is he like low-key a fuckboy, right? Like an undercover fuckboy, right? Because how can you be in all of these relationships with all... If we saw a woman doing the same thing, we would ask the same question, right? And I get it. It's different. But the way he comes across is like a settling down marrying type. But he ain't never married nobody. So my first question to you, S and M, is should Jennifer Hudson be concerned, right? <laughs> should you be concerned, number one? <laughs> and number two, do women think it's possible that he could be like an undercover fuckboy? Am, am I tripping? So I would just say that um, Jennifer should be cautious. <laughs> I believe both points are correct, to be honest, um, that low-key he may be a fuckboy um, simply because he does present as a good guy and he seems to move as if he's a good guy. And however, he hasn't committed. And as a matter of fact, he used to have a he used to have a fiance and his one child that he has is with that ex fiance. I'm not quite sure what happened to the relationship, but as you can see, he is now 51, never been married and a serial dater. And so I think that the double standard that we see today, because we just talked about Tia, who actually was married, but she got dragged through the mud <laughs> because she's 45, fit and out in these streets, so to speak. Um, and she got dragged in the mud, through the mud for that. Whereas on the, oh, or even when we talked about Lori, uh, what's her name? Lori Harvey, how right. she's young and she's been dragged through the mud for being a serial dater, but she's only, well, how was she? 26, 27? I can't quite remember. But anyways, but yet we don't talk about common or men like him who are over 50 and still serial dating. And, but you know what? Maybe Jennifer's not interested in getting married. Maybe that's not her end game. Maybe that's not her end goal. Maybe along the way, and hopefully Common conveyed this to her, that he has no intentions of getting married, you know, and that they're, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe they're just having fun together. And is it okay for both of them just to have fun together? Yeah, I mean, I, I probably agree with most of what you said. Um, I just kind of, there is a double standard, right? And I, I and I acknowledge the double standard, right? It's hard to kind of get around that. Men can do certain things that women cannot do. And so, excuse me, I'm not really fighting against the double standard in that way. I guess it was kind of curious to me because, like I said, Common comes across as like the type. Like even the women that he chooses to get with look like the type of women who probably would want a relationship. Serena is married, right, if I'm not mistaken. I Granted, mm-hmm. Erica Badu did not get married, so maybe she wasn't on that type of time, right? Um, you know, and obviously Tiffany was a little cuckoo, so maybe that's a good <laughs> look for him to go ahead and check the deuces. He's like, yo, I see what's going on here, so I got to probably put her to the side a little bit. And truth be told, we really don't know these women, right? So they can appeal um, from the outside looking in. But as you get to know them, there are things about them. So I'm kind of like halfway joking a little bit. But I do think that because there was another interview that he had where he was talking. They asked asked him, like, you know, if he'd be open to marriage. And he was like, you know, yeah, he's done the work on himself and he's open to that. This was in light of the conversation with Jennifer, right? So if he answered that interview that way, I think it's very likely that he also answered that with her too, right? Maybe not. 
I don't think he necessarily was like, yo, I'm just trying to, you know, kick it, you know, just have a little relationship and hold it down. I think a lot of times men have this rap, a part of their game, a part of how they present, which is to hold up this carrot that there's a possibility that there could be something mm-hmm. long term in their relationship. Right. And I think a lot of times women attach to that carrot and then when it doesn't work out, they feel jilted or they feel cheated or lied to because this entire time you weren't really outright saying that, hey, this is just a fuck thing or, hey, I look for companionship and I have no intentions of getting married, yada, yada, because if that was his position, he would have said that in the interview, right? Because it's maybe clear, or maybe he said that, but low key, she knows what time it is. But imagine that if she would have said that, if he would have said that to her early in the relationship, then she sees a clip like, oh, there's a possibility he could be open to it, right? I think even then it could be problematic, right? And a lot of times it's the guys who come across a certain type of way and, you know, they'd be the ones who'd be on some fuckboy shit. You know, I'm not saying that of common. I don't know him. But, like, the Derek Jackson thing, for example, comes to mind. That's an extreme, right? Because he was talking a certain type of way. But, I mean, you know, that's not to say that a lot of guys who are either, you know, walking around here with Bibles and being, like, the little clean-cut good guy that he ain't the low-key fuckboy undercover. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times, too, like, some of the dudes who are telling women the truth or at least telling them how they move, we describe them as fuckboys. So it almost makes me wonder, like, what exactly? is a fuckboy, right? Is it simply somebody who doesn't just want to be with one woman? Does that automatically make you a fuckboy, right? Or is it a situation where you're being dishonest, right, to a certain extent? And I think the guys who are coming across as wholesome or holier than thou or whatever, they would be the ones who are more likely to be the candidates if that's the definition of fuckboy, right? The dude who's letting you know, yo, I got three baby moms. We call them the Pookie and the Ray Rays. But does that mean that they're automatically fuckboys? If they're telling you the truth, what do you so in general, when we refer to fuckboys, is actually the guy who presents himself as the good guy, who presents all the trappings of wanting to get in a relationship, be serious, and at the end goal is marriage. And then all along the way, though, that was never the end goal. That was never the intentions. And so that kind of makes me think about the conversation when they tell women to choose better, because how can you choose better when you have somebody who's presenting themselves as the good guy who has who's presenting as if y'all have the same goals, the same outcome of if marriage is the where you're going. And then it turns out it's not. But along the way, a baby comes. But they still presenting as if, oh, we're going to get married or, oh, we're in this relationship or whatever the case may be. But at the, but they never follow through. And so that's why I technically have problems sometimes with that conversation when they say choose better. Mm-hmm. And because there are cases where, yes, there are obvious red flags. And yes, if you see those red flags, then why the hell are you still with them or why the hell are you still chose them or whatever the case may be. But then you have the situations of these fuckboys where they present and they talk a good game. And along the, along the way, it was a red flag and you never saw it because they present it as a green flag. And so. I got to push back a little bit on that and then we can get back. We can move on to the next Potential fuckboy. But no, <laughs> potential, but seriously, though, like, I know I do agree with you, but the only thing I'm pushing back on is that I think sometimes women be so such in a rush to, to fall in love and be in a relationship that that velocity of speed causes them to overlook certain things. I guess I'm pushing back on this idea that, on yes, ignoring, a person can just, huh? On the ignoring of the red flags that they yeah, can like themselves. I, 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 yeah, yeah, I guess I'm not, you know, it's not loud enough for me to kind of catch in when you're interjecting. So it kind of throws me off a little bit, but I think I should be good now. But what I'm saying is, is that um, 
that, yeah, like sometimes they'd be so quick to want to fall in love or, you know, be in a relationship that they're not even really taking the time to look for any red flags, right? If all they see is green flags and they're blinded by that and they want to jump into the relationship, that's not necessarily, I mean, I'm not saying that dudes don't lie, but I think it's hard for people to lie consistently over a long period of time. I don't think act- most actors aren't that great of actors, right? So it really just depends on, you know, taking the time to kind of get to know that person, observing them, not just listening to what they're saying, seeing how they behave are you meeting family and friends are you being able to get like you know even and i'll give you this last analogy right a lot of times when people are buying a car for example they're such in a rush because they need the transportation they're not looking under the hood to make sure that everything is working they're not looking for the carfax right they're not taking it to their mechanic to like give it a once over even before carfax was a thing just to make sure right a lot of people don't take the time to simply do due diligence on anything Right. It could be shoes. It could be a house. It could be a car, let alone their relationship. So I'm just pushing back on this idea that, yes, guys can be out here trying to mislead women. But I think women still have accountability in terms of being able to see through the bullshit. Right. And far often not, the women don't see through the bullshit. Then they get surprised. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, he's the worst thing ever. So I'm just pushing back on that. Right. There were signs, most likely. There were things she could have paid attention to, but she chose to overlook them because he gave her butterflies. And butterflies, it's funny because I'm watching this show called Love is Blind. And I guess the whole premise was about these people and can you fall in love, you know, with someone you haven't seen. But the flip side of that title is Love is Blind. And far too often when people think they're in love or they've fallen in love, they're blind to a lot of shit. So I'm sorry. I just have to push back on that a little bit. So once again, agree with the vetting, but since we're talking about red flags and uh, fuckboys and presenting, so um, TJ Holmes, um, recently, as we know, he and his wife, they separated and he's now with his co-worker or former co-worker. Well, no, now still co-worker. Yes. <laughs> so they have a podcast together, <laughs> Amy Robot. <laughs> and, um, and so let's run the clip first and then I'll provide the backstory. Hey folks, just wanted to check in and let you know that um, despite what you've been hearing, we are still together. <laughs> um, yeah, we're hearing from a lot of you all on our latest uh, episode of the podcast. It was something we really struggled and debated about whether or not we should even put out there, but at this point I'm glad we did. Yeah, I am too, because our, our larger goal in putting out our latest episode was to show that, yes, we like to put pictures of us smiling like everyone else and laughing on social media, but if we want to be real... And we wanted to be transparent. We wanted to show all the sides uh, of us and, and I would say most relationships. So we hope that you all get something out of it. And um, we hope you keep coming back. So I'm pretty sure you're wondering why we just saw the clip where they stated that they were still together versus the backstory of what happened. So I'm going to tell you what happened. Apparently, TJ Holmes and Amy had gotten into a argument, a discussion, so to speak, in regards to, um, I guess she was feeling emotional or he was feeling emotional, whatever the case may be, for a particular podcast episode. They went on to record the episode, the podcast, and there was a conversation about if they should release the podcast, um, the pre-production, basically, um, prior to 
And so TJ expressed some concerns about the reaction because he didn't want to come off as the angry black man. He was really concerned about his image, right? And he also was concerned that this would equate him because he's a black man, that it will automatically be equated to violence. And to be honest, it turns out that's exactly what happened. Um, after they released it, a lot of the comments were like, hey, this is a red flag. He's controlling. He's narcissistic. You need to run from him. There was comments that stated that he was, um, it's just a matter of time before it becomes physically abused abusive because he's already verbally abusive. And there's also comments in regards to um, she she needs to leave him because this is not a safe environment for her. And it's because at the end of the day, the thing that he feared the most was presented. They viewed him as the angry black man. So I'm interested in hearing what do you think about the stereotype that comes with even expressing yourself as a black man and the 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 fact that people often equate certain type of, even if you raise your voice or whatever, they equate it to violence. What do you think about that trope of the angry black man? I mean, so, I mean, the easy answer is obviously I don't like it. You know, being a black man in America, even in like workplace situations, you know, raising my voice, somebody might say, oh my God, your tone. I, I, I actually was called aggressive in a conversation that we were having that was completely professional. Right. So I totally get how we as black men have to be sensitive in regards to how we move, you know, in this world, whether it's romantic or, you know, uh, employment, so on and so forth. And so I totally get why he had those hesitations very early on, because it's something that we, you know, we wear something that we have to deal with all the time. Right. And so, you know, the elephant in the room is that he's in a relationship with a white woman. Right. And a relationship they decided to make very public. Right. And, you know. When you do that, you invite people to have criticisms about your relationship, right? It doesn't matter if you're black and white or, you know, whatever the relationship is. We see people all the time having commentary on other people's relationship. Matter of fact, we talked about the whole Simone Biles thing. There was women on the internet telling Simone that she should leave her dude, right? And I guess, you know, he wasn't necessarily rude or being violent or being angry. They just didn't like the fact that maybe they saw that what he did was diminishing her. And that's a red flag that maybe she should get out of the relationship. We have all of these psychologists, these internet psychologists who are sitting there, di you know, diagnosing people off of like, small clips of their lives and having an opinion about it. So I think that's why they came out and was like, hey, no, we're still together. We're still rocking, right? But we got to be honest. I think a lot of the, there was a lot of a racial component there, right? The big black dude, even though T.O. Holmes looks about as soft as the gingerbread man, right? So, but I get it. He's still black. And so if he is raising his voice <clears throat> to this frail white woman who is going to wilt beneath his, you know, his uh, mandingo, uh, you know, madness, you know, whatever, right? It's like, you know, that's to be expected, which is why I think he understood what happened or what was going to happen, right? And it's sad to a certain extent. And I'll lastly say too, on the flip side, you know, there could be some truth to what people see and say, right? I know for me, I'm very thoughtful in terms of how I communicate to my significant others. Um, You know, there's things that I know that I just would never say or, you know, I don't want, necessarily want to come across her a certain certain type of way. I can have conversations where I'm upset or angry and communicate effectively what my issues are towards resolution. So I don't know if that's just a, you know where I've kind of gotten to with my big age and learning how to communicate, especially for a relationship as long as it's been. But uh, for when you do that, though, in a very public way, people are going to have an opinion 
And uh, you guys just need to go into this thing with your eyes eyes wide open, right? And I wonder if she, and this is the part that I spoke to before about the whole cultural sensitivity, I wonder if she understood his concerns, right? And if she was able to empathize and maybe if she she was able to do that a little bit more, I don't know that she wasn't. But I'd be willing to kind of bet that maybe she's like, no, you know, it would be fine. You know, it's just us having a conversation. People want to be able to see all of our stuff, the good and the bad. Because if you look at the video that we just played, that was her basically kind of saying like, no. So that told me that when he brought up his concern, that's the type of time that she was on. And that probably also speaks to her lack of cultural awareness. And sometimes like when you're dating outside of your race to a certain extent, it's very important to be super um, sensitive be super sensitive about the concerns of that person because they know what they're going to be dealing with a little bit more and don't just downplay it. You know what I'm saying? Please understand it because that partner is going to reap the effects of that and that then can affect your relationship. So. So I actually love the fact that they put this out there. And the reason why I love the fact that they put it out there was because they were keeping it real. They were showing the ups and downs of their relationships and not just showing the the high side of it, but they was willing to show the low side of it. And I actually think that it was it started another conversation in regards to the racial component, as you already mentioned, as it pertains to the interracial relationships and the sensitivities that come from that. And so I like the fact that they're addressing this. And I like the fact that it's out in the open because oftentimes people say that, oh, we're in an interracial relationship and they never talk about some of the nuances that come with that. They may talk about the hate they receive from the same race, so to speak, like, oh, this, like, for example, black men say black women (laughs) talk about them (laughs) when they're interracial relationships and vice versa, you know? And so they may talk about that, but they don't talk about the other nuances in relationships, such as that sensitivity when it comes to that communication, that and the awareness piece of it for not only the the partner who may, for example, the black guy in this particular case, but also for the white woman in this case, right? And how that sensitivity can play out. And so I say kudos to them for putting it out there. Although I would personally have not put that out there as a matter of fact. (laughs) Um, But I like the fact that it was a conversation starter. Once again, I personally would not have put it out there knowing that this could potentially cast my significant other in a bad light and recognizing that he from here on out, no matter what he say or do, people are always going to see him in that moment. People are always going to go back to him in that moment because they've already made their mind up of who he was and who he is. And if if they break up, they're going to say, well, we knew it was coming because he demonstrated that red flag a long time ago. And so, you know, luck, though. <laughs> uh, I will say this before we get to our last take. I do kind of feel like they're not going to last um, and it's not even because of this. I know people may go back because you said like if they break up, you're like, I told y'all, right? But I kind of feel like the circumstances of their relationship was just so much, right? Obviously, they were having the affair. Um, they got exposed with the affair, became news. Everybody was talking about it. They kind of had to go in hiding, had to deal with the turmoils of this being a very public affair, their whole job situation, trying to rebuild, right? And sometimes when a relationship is forged in that type of chaos, I think it's very hard for it to be sustainable, right? Because it depends. Like even the cheating itself, sometimes it's exciting, right? We're keeping the secret, right? There's a lot of people who left with their, you know, the person that they were cheating with and then they got into the relationship only to realize, uh, I don't want to be in a relationship with this person, right? Just off of 
for the cheating alone, right? Because it's exciting, it's new. She's not dealing with the same thing that you meet, you know, your significant other is, etc. So just that by itself. So then when you add in the 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 national attention from the scandal, if you will, right, what happened with their show, and then just kind of like them having to kind of lay low and really deal with their relationships. Like so, I just I listen. I'm not wishing ill on anybody. Um, you know, for their sake, if this is what they want, hopefully it works out for them. I just if I had to be a betting man on the over under of this relationship lasting, I would say not likely. And it's not because he got a little angry on a fucking podcast pre-production meeting. Okay. <laughs> Y'all be doing the most and in real life be doing the least. And that's crazy. But anyway, <laughs> speaking about doing the most while doing the least, we got this clip, right? Rahel Solomon, right? Was talking about this new subscription service from Applebee's that apparently helps make it easier to ball on a budget, right? To date on a budget. We'll play the clip and we'll come back on the other side. So I know they say love don't cost a thing, but apparently dating right now is very expensive. And so Applebee's is trying to help. They launched this subscription date night pass. And the way it works is you pay $200 for the pass. And then for a year, you can go to Applebee's for a weekly date night. And each time, save $30 on food and drinks, no alcohol though. Now, before you go rush to the Applebee's website to get this pass, to get in on this, get sold out. Yes, well, first of all, shout out to Rahel. You know what I'm saying? Listen, I mean, I, I appreciate you doing the story, but she doesn't look like an Applebee's girl to me personally. You know what I'm saying? So for whatever guy out there who has an opportunity to date her, don't believe this clip, my brother. Okay? <laughs> it's a setup. Okay? It's a setup. But the reason why I wanted to talk about this, because much like the last, last take that we did, it was kind of a callback, right? And obviously on the internets, you know, on Clubhouse, the conversation about even going out to eat at Applebee's. Forget if the brother has a subscription service, okay? My brothers, if you were to have that service, do not tell her. Women don't even want to know that you got a group me. You could take a woman to a really nice restaurant Restaurant, but the minute you pull out that group me or that group on, excuse me, then she's gonna be looking at you funny. Okay. Yes, you're saving money, but for whatever reason, she still may look at you funny. So, yes, if you got the subscription joy for Applebee's, you definitely can't say nothing there. But the reason I wanted to bring it back though was this idea of how much money should people spend on dating? Um, why is it important or not important to spend a certain amount? Can you find a good opportunity to be able to meet and get to know someone without spending a bunch of money? Um, so what are your thoughts, SM, on this, you know, uh continuous conversation that we're having as it relates to dating on a budget? So I think you can date on a budget without actually having a subscription to Applebee's. And as a matter of fact, I'm not quite sure why Applebee's decided to become the first one to do this. Um, I think it's a great technically maybe marketing strategy since people are complaining about how much it costs to date nowadays and so forth. But um, apparently, though, with this subscription... <laughs> I guess you pay $200 and then when you go for a couple of dates or whatever, they take $30 off your tab, right? But last time I checked, ain't, and I may be wrong, but the last time I checked, wasn't Applebee's the one that you can eat for two for two people for two 20 for bucks or something like that? Yeah. Right? But no, no. So it's 30% off, excluding 30%. drinks. Yeah. So the ah, Applebee's okay. subscription is 200 for the year and it's 30% off, excluding drinks. But think of it this way. You know how like... um uh, Best Buy has like the total, total protection plan or Amazon Prime, right? I guess they're trying to tweak that model where you pay this annual fee and you get things for this amount that over the course of use, you, f you might feel like you saved some money. So that's what it was. Okay. 
So I can see the 30% off then. Because I was like, it doesn't make sense when they have two for 25 or whatever, whatever. And so, but there's other ways to date on a budget, you know. I just, it depends on the type of woman you're with. And because I'm seeing people go on ice cream dates, right? And um, if that's, especially if you're doing that whole getting to know the person first and foremost before you branch out to this other, to let's say expensive dining or whatnot. And then what happened to the movies? Although the movies, technically, when you start getting some of the drinks and the snacks, that can kind of get a little expensive depending on what theater you're at. If you're at something like the Alamo or something like that, where you can also get your meals. But anyways, maybe maybe that actually makes it cheaper because you can get your meal. The point is, dating on the budget, date on your budget. So if you have a budget and you know what you can and cannot spend, then date within your budget. If it so happened that Applebee's subscription rocks for you, I personally don't like Applebee's like that. But if Applebee's so happened to be the place for you where you want to do your first meet and greet with these women, then by all means, knock it out the park if this is where you see. But ultimately, just make sure you're dating on your budget and finding a woman who's cool with whatever that budget may be. So if it's just walks in the park, so I know women who cool with just going on walks in the park, right? I know women who like, oh, I just want to go to a theme park or whatever the case may be. Then just do it. It's possible to date on the budget. I think that sometimes the people who get the loudest, like as they say, the squeaky wheel get the grease. So the people who are saying, oh, dating is so, so expensive are is because they're looking for those women who want those type of dates versus once again, something that we said earlier, date within your tax brackets. So and even if you are dating within your tax bracket and you found that woman who's in your tax bracket and she's asking you for something that's outside her tax bracket, then that may not be the woman for you because she clearly is overreaching there. But that's just my thought. I think it's possible. Applebee's, shout out for trying this novel idea. I think it's interesting. I can't wait to see the results. <laughs> like if they do a study like one year later, how many people, feasibility and so forth. I think that would be interesting. I mean, honestly, you covered most of it. I, I got to say I do agree with most of it. But I'm going to shock maybe some women out there. <clears throat> I actually agree with the Applebee's thing. There was this list that was going around of places that women prefer not to go, right? And I think theoretically, the idea of like having these, oh, I don't want to go here, I don't want to go there, it kind of sounds crazy because you really are just meeting somebody maybe for the first or second time, right? And I think when you talk about like where we are financially in our community, I don't know that we have that much disposable income to be spending so much money on just regular dating to a certain extent, right? I think as we continue to get to know each other and we build a rapport and a vibe or whatever, then yeah, it makes sense. But like those first few dates, it just makes sense to be smart. Right. Because number one, you don't want anyone to feel like they're obligated to do anything based off of how much money you spent. You also don't want the pressure. Right. A lot of people meeting online. They may be meeting in person. It could be a lot of pressure. So I think how you set up the date, for example, like if it's a dinner, it kind of intimates a little bit more intimacy versus like, let's say, meeting at the bar, for example, like maybe during a happy hour or something like that. So I do think it's important that people are strategic. Right. Not just from financial reasons, but even as a woman, you don't want no guy meeting you or picking you up for your house for the first day right? That's strategic for your own safety, right? You prefer to maybe meet them there, right? And so even like I've heard women say like, if a guy spends too much money, she might feel like he's doing that because he's expecting to have sex or something like that, right? So, but the thing that bothers me though, in some of these conversations is that like coffee dates become so taboo that even if that was a good idea to some women, they hear the conversation and it's like, oh, he wants to go after coffees and ice cream. What a loser, right? But at the same time, like you don't even know him yet, Right. And he doesn't even really know you. So if coffee, if you're a coffee drinker, I mean, I wouldn't go to Starbucks. 
right? I think you can kind of be a little bit more thoughtful by going to like a local spot. You're supporting a black business or you're supporting a local business, right? In an environment that may be conducive for two people to chat for a little bit, right? Maybe it's only a 30 minute, 45 minute conversation, right? Then you can decide to have a proper date thereafter, right? So I just hate the conversations because these some of these ideas are good and there's things that you can do to be creative, right? And so the reason why I agree with the ladies about Applebee's is because Applebee's is lazy, right? First of all, Applebee's is not that great, right? Maybe they got some good drinks and stuff like that, but there were other places that are more mom and pop spots that would probably run you around the same for what you'll spend at Applebee's. It may not be the two for 25, but the food will taste better, right? It'll be a little bit more authentic depending on the style of food that you're going for, right? Those chain restaurants just aren't the greatest from a taste perspective. And it's just lazy, right? Because you can just go on Google and type in Italian restaurant near me. It could be some shit called, you know, you know, Felipe's Italiano restaurant or whatever. She's never heard of it, right? But because she's never heard of it, it's a new experience for her. Is the food good? Is the environment good? Right? But if you take it to Olive Gardens, right? It's like basic, you know what I'm saying? So I think I do agree with some women's, you know, not filling certain restaurant choices because I do think it screams being hella lazy. And, and honestly, the food sometimes really isn't that great. And so I do think that guys can be a little bit more creative. And if we're being honest, fellas, fellas, right? If you want to be successful, we have to kind of understand what it is that they want, right? And give it to them within our means. Let me put it that way, right? And if someone is not into what you can provide for them, that's why I agree with you wholeheartedly, s and But I had to kind of agree with the ladies because you have me in my toxic bag very early on. So yes, ladies, there's nothing wrong with you having an aversion to chain restaurants. But once you start putting a price <laughs> on the dates in terms of your expectations, please be warned, that low key, you might be putting a price. Oh no! On yourself, <laughs> you guessed it. On yourself. <laughs> anything you want to, anything else you want to say, Esther? Before we get up out of here, right? We got a little something, something to play. But I know it's been a crazy show. You had me going early with your toxic. Anything you want to say before we get up out of here? Anything about this toxic conversation? What's your <laughs> thoughts before we get up out of here? All I'm gonna say is. You know what? I'm not even going to say that because it's going to open a whole nother can of worms. <laughs> oh, look at you editing yourself in real time. Is that something that women develop over time? Or is it like something that like you guys were born with? You know? See? See the shade there? It's all good. I'm going to let that slide. I'm going to let that slide. Go ahead and get them shots in. I'm going to let that slide. <laughs> you did this to us. You did this to us. <laughs> let that slide. <laughs> we gonna, oh man i'm sorry this is entertaining so look uh i have i'm just gonna say great show i appreciate this this was a awesome conversation shout out to all the couples especially the married couples that are still going strong that's to you gilly the kid and um <laughs> wait till the end of the show to give him props that's what's up man gilly hey i gave him shots i gave him props in the beginning too you, did. you just didn't hear it because you I, got I heard you. up I, mm -hmm. Through all that hate, I was able to sift through it through all that hate, but I heard it. <laughs> Whatever the case may be. <laughs> Anything else on you from you? No, nah, man, listen, <laughs> don't forget, because we got to say this, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, share. Listen, 
I know you're engaging with us on all these different platforms. Each platform is different. But whether it's like, subscribe, comment, follow, any way that you can engage with us, do so. Take about five seconds out of your day to do so if you like the content. We definitely appreciate the support we've already received. But you guys can continue to support us by what, SNL? Like, follow, comment, share, subscribe. Yes, all of the above. But before we get out of here, I wanted to play this clip. And it reminded me of you because you're an author. For sure. And I know you love reading. I also love reading. And, you know, we're all about the community. So this may not necessarily be relationship based, but I thought it'd be a great way for us to get up out of here on a word about the importance of reading. 67 percent of African-Americans that have a college degree, once they graduate from college, never read another book in their life. Let's just say that's half true. Well, if you ain't reading, you're in serious trouble. You are not engaged in personal growth and development, constant, never ending improvement and lifelong learning because education is the foundation. But it ain't going to get you where you need to go. You have to constantly reinvest in yourself. I am 70 years old, inducted into the Minority Business Hall of Fame. I'm at the top of my game. Last year, I spent $14,000 on personal growth and development, conferences, workshops, seminars, CDs, books. And I'm already in the Hall of Fame. How much did you spend last year on you, on your mind? If you spent $1,000 last year on entertainment, did you spend $4,000 a year on your mind? Because if you're black and mediocre in America, you better leave.